Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is episode 60 of the Traveling Image Makers Podcast with your hosts Ugo Che and Ralph Velasco. The guest for this week, Chris Smith, is the organizer of an amazing event that happens every year in Chicago, the Out of Chicago Conference. This is a relatively small event with a few hundred attendees every year. I would say it is a boutique event uh, where you can get really close to the instructors, really interact with them, and uh, it has a very intimate feeling to it. After hearing about it, I thought it would be great to be part of this event, so... After our conversation, I sent a couple of proposals and I'm happy to report that I will be speaking at the Out of Chicago conference uh, this June uh, 23rd to 25th in Chicago. I will have a couple of presentations there and I will also be leading a photo walk. So if you want to meet me in person or you want to listen from all the other great uh, instructors that are there, go to the outofchicago.com page and uh, register for the summer conference. I'm sure it will be great fun. In addition to this, by using the TTIM coupon code on the checkout page of the outofchicago.com website, uh, you will be able to get some uh, uh, interesting conditions and uh, uh, Chris explains that during the interview. So that's another reason to listen to it. Another thing before we start, I would like to thank our listener Zonan from the US who left us a nice review on iTunes and I want to read it. It says, this is one of the best, if not the best, photography travel podcasts out there. Guests and themes are very interesting and provide inspiration and education. Hugo is a superb interviewer. I never cease to be amazed by the directions he takes in his interviews. This is one podcast I would need on a desert island. Highly recommended. So thank you, Zonan, and thank you everyone else who left us a review. And if you want to do the same, that would be very much appreciated. You can head over to ttim.photo forward slash iTunes. Finally, you will be able to find all the links and show notes for this episode on our website at ttim.photo forward slash 60. And now I hand over the microphone to Ralph for introducing our guest, Chris Smith. Enjoy. Well, hi, everyone. This is going to be another really great episode. And being from Chicago, one that is very close to my heart. Today, we're going to talk to Chris Smith, the driving force behind the Out of Chicago Photography Empire. Chris wrote the Photographer's Guide to Chicago and has been running photography tours, workshops, and photo walks in Chicago area since 2011. So he knows it well. And we'll talk about travel photography in Chicago in just a few minutes. In 2014, he decided to go whole hog and start what he calls a no-holds-bar photography conference in the heart of Chicago, which became the Out of Chicago Photography Conference. Not one to sit on his laurels, this past year, in 2016, Chris and his team really went all out and not only organized a third edition of Out of Chicago, their biggest one ever, but also the Out of Chicago Winter Conference, as well as the Out of New York Conference. 
all three of which I was honored to be an instructor at. And I'm pretty sure that they shoehorned a portrait conference in there as well last year. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ralph, and thank you, Ugo, for having me on. You're very much welcome, and it's a pleasure to meet you in person. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm a big fan of both of yours. I mean, you guys are amazing. I've been following you forever, and uh, I love the tours you do, and I love the show, and uh, it's just an honor to be here. Thank you. Great. Uh, Chris, you know, um, I've gone over some of your recent background in the intro, but why don't you step back a bit further and tell our listeners what led up to where you are today? I mean, up until just this past year, you were a full-time physics teacher. Isn't that right? That is all true. That's right. A year ago today, I would have been in, uh, I don't know, like third hour right now teaching physics. So <laughs> that, that is true. Um, but yeah, for the last four or five years, I've been, been putting so much work into out of Chicago, first as a blog of my Chicago photos. And eventually we said, let's just do a get together with some of my friends as a um, like a small conference. And uh, it's grown and grown every year. And I just didn't have time to do both. And uh, we made money doing this. So uh, yeah, as of this past summer, I, I left my teaching job and I'm doing this full time. So far, so good. That's, um, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, organizing any kind of conference, let alone one with upwards of 400 attendees like this last summer's out of Chicago was with dozens of instructors and classes, workshops, photo walks, and so many other activities that's got to be a monumental undertaking. I mean, how do you possibly keep it all together? <laughs> well, the, the, the number one thing is that over the years, uh, I, I'm so lucky to have put together a great team. I have Melinda Kavashanki, Brian Esler, Ann Belmont, and Mich Michelle Kuhn. And uh, those guys helped me out so much. And, and the best part about it is we're such great friends, and they're all great photographers in their own right. So they love doing what they're doing. So that's the number one thing. But we found out ways. We use like Basecamp to communicate with each other, and we use a lot of Google Docs when we're making our spreadsheets. And um, you know, it's uh, and, and we go over like Zoom to talk with each other and have meetings and talk with the instructors. But yeah, it's a ton of work, and uh, it gets it's draining, and it can get like emotionally draining because it's like, all right, I should put this instructor as like uh, you know higher on my list than this one. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff, but. Uh, but the main thing is I love doing it, and I got a great team helping me. So, so that's how it works. I know it's a lot of details. I can imagine the amount of details. And uh, so I uh, really can appreciate that. So, um, and, I, and, I, and I know your team. I've met them all because I've been and you know, instructed at so many of these conferences. So I can totally concur that you've got a top-notch team. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that part of it is like I was saying, how much they love all of this. They love the photo walks that they're putting on. They love that they're getting to meet their favorite photography instructors. That's a big part of it. You go to some of these really big conferences and they just hire a team to do registration or whatever. And they're like, I don't know anything about photography, but yeah, what's your badge number? Whatever. Okay, move you on. And there's just, just a lot of love at Out of Chicago. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm, uh, I mean, it, it must be scary or it must have been scary at the beginning. Uh, organizing a conference like that with hundreds of attendees and getting all the instructors and everything and the location. I mean, even financially, it has to be a pretty huge undertaking. So you're putting your, uh, I mean, finances at risk 
in some measure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the very first time uh, the, the, when we wanted to do it the first time when we found a venue and we're like, it's only going to, you know, it's not going to be a ton of money. We can afford this. And I'm like, man, I just don't have that kind of money that I can put forward. And I'm like, well, if I sell my Canon 6D and I sell my 70 to 200 and I sold like four or five lenses, and uh, <laughs> that was enough to pay for the venue. And I'm like, I hope it comes back and I can buy some things again. And it did. But yes, <laughs> that's all part of any story, right? That you got to take a little risk along the way. When is the conference happening? So this year for 2017, it's June 23rd through the 25th. So that's a Friday night. We have our opening and then we go shoot around the city. And then there's classes and photo walks all day, Saturday and Sunday, the uh, 24th and 25th. And we do pre-conference workshops also the Thursday and Friday before that opening. So you come and spend like a whole day with, oh, well, maybe we'll talk about some of the people, but Valerie Jardin or uh, Steve Simon and do street photography all day in a pre-conference workshop with them or so, you know, lots of fun stuff to do. I must find an excuse to, to come to Chicago. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yes, for sure. that's, attending that's the easy. conference would be a reason enough to, to go to Chicago and seeing the city for the first time, which I've never, I've never been to. I mean, I, I need an excuse for my wife. Or <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, she should come too. I mean, it's a, it's a great city. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bill Fortney is one of our instructors and he said, yeah, yeah, my wife said we can do it because she loves Chicago and she's coming too. So, uh, so yeah, um, it's a great place to, to visit and a great place to shoot. And hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about that. Well, as I mentioned, I, I was born and raised in Chicago and I've done about a dozen photo tours of the city. When I used to live in Southern California, I would bring groups from Southern California back to Chicago and most of which have never been. And I don't think there was one person that didn't absolutely fall in love with the city. Um, you know, as much as I travel around the world, I've got to say Chicago is still one of my top three cities anywhere. I just love it. Uh, might be a little bit biased, but, uh, I think people will agree. Um, why don't you give us some of your best photo tips for shooting in and around the city? Sure. I mean, it kind of depends on what type of photography you like doing, too. And, uh, and and that's what makes Chicago so great, is that it's one of the world's greatest cities for architectural photography, but it's also right on the lake, and it's great for street photography, and, and it's got all of that. So you kind of get yourself in a little bit of a mode. So my tip is figure out what mode you're going in. If I'm going in and I want to try and shoot like a street photography thing, which is not really my thing, but I love to go with these other instructors that do it, I'll just bring a camera and one lens or whatever and that's my mode and I'm going for it but when I'm out shooting and I'm doing a lot of architecture I'll always have a tripod I, I usually will be shooting in the evening and into the night uh, have a tripod have three or four different lenses and um, and so that changes because then I'm like okay there's no autofocus it's all manual focus it's all manual exposure and it's like totally different than when you're doing street photography so to me I, I'm kind of thinking like what mode am I in and then follow that for a while and then uh, maybe I'll switch it up but uh, but that's kind of my first tip is what mode are you going to go into uh, and there's so many great places to shoot in Chicago. I mean, there's Millennium Park and the Bean. If you've never been to Chicago, you kind of got to do that uh, all along the Chicago River, North Avenue Beach. Um, 
uh, all these places are amazing and you could spend the whole day at any one of them. Uh, but the best part is they're all really close. You can just walk from location to location. So um, so that's kind of what makes Chicago so great. There's not like one amazing thing here, but when you put it all together and put it in such a close proximity in such a such a happy, fun city, um, it makes for a great, great environment. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned the, the locations that you mentioned are all within walking distance of each other. And so you could hit them all in one day if you wanted to. I wouldn't recommend it uh, because, you know, you want to work the scenes a little bit. But uh, those when I did my tours, they were all, you know, I, I didn't want to have to transport people to you know different neighborhoods and stuff. So everything was within walking distance. And that's the beauty of Chicago. Yeah, exactly. And and if you come here multiple times, there are great neighborhoods you can go to. And there are other places that you could uh, just take the L to. Uh, and it's very easy to do. But if you're coming for a first time visit, it's just so easy to hit all of those places uh, all in you know, just a weekend or whatever and make a trip out of it. Or even better, come to the conference, right? Because <laughs> uh, that's what we do. We've got the people that know Chicago better than anyone with your favorite photographers, and they pair up to take you to amazing spots, and you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm shooting this with Rick Salmon or whoever it is. So uh, that, that's what makes it so much fun. Any particular spot where you can take photos from high above? I mean, from one of those skyscrapers? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we didn't even mention that, that uh, you can go to either the Sears Tower, uh, or, I'm sorry, it's the Willis Tower now, uh, or you can go to uh, the Hancock Building, which is my favorite, and those are the two best places to get a view of the entire city. Go up just before sunset, uh, you'll have to pay to get up there, and uh, you'll probably have to figure out how to rig something up, because they're not going to allow you to have a full-size tripod, but maybe if you just have a mini tripod or something that'll clamp on, uh, that's fine, and then have a way to shoot through the glass because you're going to be shooting through glass for those but bring like a little lens skirt or just have a jacket that you can cover the glass for reflections uh but yeah both of those are great uh the best part about shooting from the hancock tower is that you get the willis tower in your shot which i think the, the sears tower which is uh which is really uh kind of the highlight of the skyline i think if i could just add something there uh you mentioned having to pay to get into each of them, but a little tip is if you go to the signature room in the John Hancock building, all you have to do is buy a drink, and that's what we do on my tours. Instead of paying to get up into the observation deck, we go to the signature room, which is, I think, on like the 99th floor or something. It's very high up. All you got to do is buy a drink, and you, you might even be able to get away without doing that. And uh, and then you're in there for free and you can shoot almost as long as you want. But I totally concur with getting up there right before sunset. And uh, then you get just amazing views up and down the lake, the whole city. I've been up there when there's, the whole city was blanketed in fog and I'd never seen that before. That is one of the, the secret tips of uh, Chicago is a signature room at the John Hancock building. Excellent. Sometimes it's a long wait maybe to get up there. I'm not sure. I see long lines outside of it, that's for sure. Yeah, but the, the lines actually go very quickly, so don't let that deter you. I've, you know, There's been 100 people in front of me, and it's taken 15, 20 minutes, so really right. reasonable. All right, good. I'm learning. <laughs> it's good. So, yeah, I mean, those are all great spots. Those are close, and those are great uh, vantage points. Uh, the other uh, real 
famous popular vantage point is to go out by Adler Planetarium, right, Ralph? I was uh, just going to mention that, yep. Would you guys do that on your tours? Do you do that on your tours? Yeah, that's the one place that's uh, a little bit of a walk because we usually stay uh, towards the center around uh, Michigan and Wacker, which is by the Magnificent Mile, Michigan Avenue. Uh, so you can walk there, absolutely, but it might be two or three miles. So uh, sometimes we'll we'll meet there at 7 o'clock in the morning, so most people just take a quick taxi over there, and then we walk back. But that is the sort of uh, postcard view of the city because you're out on this long peninsula. You've got the whole city laid out there in front of you, uh, especially at sunrise. You've got the sunlight because the city uh, is facing east. You've got the sun coming up right on the city. But um, as much as I've traveled around the world, I have seen some of the best sunsets in the world in the city of Chicago. And so getting out there at sunset is also a great idea. Or I used to do a lot of sailing. I'd be out on the water. But because Chicago's always got beautiful clouds, it seems, and that's essential for sunrise or sunset, I, I think that's a good point as well. Yeah, it's a great place to go. I mean, you, unless you get that amazing sunrise or sunset, it's kind of hard to get a picture that's different than everyone else's, but the picture you're going to get is going to be great. So so you, you got to do it at least one time for sure. And it's, a, it's all these places that we've mentioned, they're all very, very safe. Uh, I mean, you can go out there with thousands of dollars of camera equipment. You're not going to worry about it. Uh, you, you probably hear about Chicago in the news, uh, you know, and a lot of... Uh, you know, violence recently, but that is not really near at all any of these places that we're talking about. That's, you know, down in south side neighborhoods and stuff, and uh, and it's bad, and yes, it needs to get cleaned up, but uh, the places we're talking about are perfectly safe and, uh, and a great place to visit. Yeah, and uh, that said, uh, you know, I'd certainly use precaution like in any city in the world, but like Chris says, you know, Chicago seems to be having a bad rap these days in the news. Uh, some of it justified, but a lot of that is concentrated to small parts of the city, or, um, which are not even in the city. They're sort of on the outskirts. And so don't let that deter you from enjoying this fantastic place. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're in a big crowd of people, well, then my two tips for safety, I'm sure it's the same with you guys. But one, if you're shooting by yourself, make sure you're in a place where there's lots of other people you know you don't want to head down that back alleyway and you're you're so focused on your photography the next thing you do you look up and there's no one else around except for the two guys walking down the alley at you or whatever you know um so go in a group you know don't don't stay uh by yourself in these areas another thing if i'm in a big group and you never know if someone might just want to grab like your tripod and run or whatever is i'll just put my hand kind of around the tripod even if i'm not touching it just kind of circle my hand around the tripod and because uh, I'll take at night a lot of long exposures or whatever. That way, if I'm ever worried about it, that way it starts to if someone grabs it. I grab it back. Just don't look like an easy target. Right. Isn't that kind of the main thing? Absolutely. And uh, and I would also never put your bag down unattended. I always put my leg through one of the shoulder straps or hang it from the hook on your tripod so that, you know, it's. I just try to make it difficult for thieves. I don't want to be that easy target, like you say. You know, let them go for the other easy targets. I try to deter people from messing with me. That, but that's a good point. Yeah, that's just yeah. I mean common sense for every yeah. every city in the world. That's, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, but sometimes if you don't get out and shoot a lot, it's not, even though it seems like common sense to us, it's, it's not, you know, for a lot of people that come to our things, they're not thinking about that. So, so make sure that you are. And, and I do the same thing, Ralph, like, uh, of course, after our shoots, we got to go out and get a drink afterward, or I mean, maybe a bite to eat afterward. I do the same thing with, uh, with my camera bag when we're in the restaurant is I'll, I'll pick up my chair and put one leg through one of the straps or something, right? Same kind of thing. I'm sure you do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something else too, that I do, cause I'm on a lot of trains, planes and automobiles is, uh, you know, I like to have all my stuff in one place, of course, but sometimes when your bag, when things are a little bit strewn around, it's not like it's all in one bag that someone can just come by and grab very easily because, you know, things are going to fall out or I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, if you've got it all in one nice package, then it makes it real easy to just grab and and go. The whole thing, yeah. So, uh, but I like that idea of put. I usually put my leg through, but I like the idea of putting a leg of a chair through. That's that makes a lot of sense. Now, I read on your website that the first photo sale <laughs> you ever had was to Donald Trump. You've got to tell us that so, story, Ralph. Sorry to interrupt, but. Did that yeah. come to your mind because we were talking about bad people doing bad things? <laughs> okay, let's not get political here. <laughs> no, I, okay, never mind. Yeah, no, just I just thought that was funny and rather timely, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so without getting political. Well, actually, the best part of the story is the part that you already told. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I put a lot of my photos on Flickr, and it was a shot that I had of the Trump Tower here in Chicago, and his people got in touch with me and said that they wanted to use it uh, in, a lot of, in their marketing materials or something. So, uh, But I did. I got a big check and Donald Trump down at the bottom, but I, it was, I think it was a stamp. Pretty sure it was a stamp. <laughs> That's fantastic. You, you got to give us that photo to put up on, uh, you know, in the show notes because I, I want to see that. All right, all right. I'm going to cross out how much I made so I'm not embarrassed by it. <laughs> well, not the check necessarily, but the picture. Oh, yeah, oh the, the photo. Picture. Yeah, of course. I'm like, I've kept the photo of the of the check. That's that's what's in my mind. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I might be embarrassed by the photo as well because I think that I, I took that one when I was first trying some uh, HDR and stuff. So I'll send it your way and maybe people enjoy it or get a laugh out of it. That's great. You know, I'm not one to talk too much about gear, but uh, what are you shooting with these days? Are you still working with DSLRs or have you moved over to a mirrorless system? You know, we see so many photographers doing that these days. What are you up to? Yeah, well, I, I've, I don't know where I am. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I've been using Canon for a really long time and uh, I had that 6D and then I sold it. So I do some conferences and then I had a 5D Mark III and, um, and I had all the lenses to go with it. Nice tilt shift lenses and everything. Um, and then I decided I wanted to try Fuji. So I've, at, at this point, I have an X-T1. I would like to get an X-T2. And I've got um, nice lenses to go with that. So when I travel, that's what I use. And even when I go downtown, I'll use that. And I like to use it for, like, pictures of my family and the kids and stuff like that. But um, 
But sometimes when I'm really doing like the landscape stuff or I'm going to shoot, I got a basketball game. I'm shooting Michigan, Wisconsin next week. So uh, when I go to shoot that, I'm going to bring my uh, Canon and uh, 70 to 200. It's kind of tough to replace those types of shoots. Or I think I've got an event coming up. It's kind of tough to replace that with uh, with the X-T1. Maybe the X-T2 will do it, though, with the better autofocusing. I don't know. We'll see. So I've kind of been between the two, just depending on what I'm doing. And like I said, I sold all my stuff to do the conference in the beginning. Well, I kind of sell my stuff and buy new stuff all the time so i never really know where i am but yeah i love them both i, I still love the canon and uh and, but i do love the fuji and the lenses that go with that system for sure yeah i've got the xt2 recently myself uh, Ooh, i'm great, jealous great camera and uh, i mean not really using it with uh, fast moving subjects i did some some limited tests and it seems to be performing really well in in that department too even though it's not my i i mostly like to shoot static subjects as you as you do like landscape architecture and so on but i'm pretty sure it will perform well even with with more dynamic subjects still yeah. have to, to try it really what's your favorite lens ugo uh the 1655 f2.8 since I got yeah. it, it's like 90% of the photos I take are with that lens. All right. All right. You're talking me into it because I was researching it last night. So, yeah, 16 to 55. All right. Now that, that did it. Now I got to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a full frame sensor on there? So, Ugo, you're better to talk about it. Go ahead. No, it's a crop sensor or APS-C 1.5 crop vector and. uh Latest uh, iteration like the XC2 is 24 megapixels. Mm-hmm. So, so larger than like a micro four thirds, yeah. even though it's not full frame. But I think what Fuji has done right, and I think it's just perfect, is that it's not like Canon where they're like, yeah, we have some crop sensor cameras to go at the APS-C. Fuji's like, no, no, no. The top of the line lenses, like a 16 to 55, the top of the line lenses go with the crop. You know, they they all go together. So so when you buy this, even though you know it's crop, you're getting amazing lenses to go with it. So and if you if you look at the size difference between getting like uh, if you want wide angle like the XT two with a ten to twenty four, and then you compare that to a five D Mark four with a sixteen to thirty five, it's going to be like four times heavier and four times larger. It's a huge difference. So so they they've designed it to make it work really well there. But if you want to shoot basketball, I don't know. Still think it's not quite as good myself. Mm-hmm. Aside from uh, cameras and lenses and tripods, what's uh, what's in your gear bag? Any any items that are unique uh, that you? Oh, I know. I saw that in your notes. I, you know what? Not a ton of really unique stuff. I think the one thing that I always use is I always use a hand strap on my cameras, whether it's the Fuji or a Canon. I don't ever like to use the neck straps. And that allows me, combined with, I'll always have, no matter what the camera is, I'll always have uh, an Arca Swiss L-plate with it. And so you get that L-plate, and then you can attach the hand strap to it. I think it's like the spider light that I have on my Fuji now, uh, which is great. Uh, but you put those two together, and the beauty of it is you never have to remember the um, the plate for your camera. So, you know, I, how many times do I go out with people and they're like, oh, I forgot, the, I brought my tripod, but I don't have my plate to screw onto it. Well, it's there all the time. Plus, I just leave it with the hand strap, and it's like that's a great way to carry it around. Never hurts your neck. And you just leave it on there when you put it onto the uh, tripod. So I kind of like going a little bit, I mean, it sounds silly to say a little bit minimalist, 
because I might be carrying a huge tripod and have these big lenses, but I hate to have anything else hanging off of it. I never carry like a, a intervalometer unless I know that I'm doing time lapse. Um, I, I, I just use like the two second delay on there every single time. So I'll hit the button, wait two seconds, and then it takes the shot as long as I'm doing, you know, for any tripod shooting. So, so not a lot of unique things in there, except I think people are interested to see that I don't have a lot of extra stuff that I just have like tripod, got my plates on there, got a hand strap, and that's basically it. And I could do that, use that all day with like, with like a lens, like the 16 to 55, that could be the only thing you use that. That three bodies and five lenses, is that all? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all, that's all. No, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I almost never take more than one body at a time. Um, but, uh, and then I usually just pick out like the two or three lenses that'll go best with it. But sometimes I end up just taking, um, I mean, my favorite lens is still the Canon 24 to 105, just because it's so versatile. I haven't used the new one yet, but just even the old one, uh, you can buy them like used for 400 bucks, an amazing lens. Uh, and so many of my my best pictures are taken with that. Yeah, I'm exactly. using the same kind of uh, thing. Yeah. It's so so convenient for putting it on a, on a tripod quickly and also in a vertical yeah. orientation, which I I do a lot of when I do I do a lot of panoramas, stitch them together, and having an L bracket, be able to put the camera vertically quickly on the tripod and just rotate the head around and take a quick panel. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing what you can do with uh, panorama photography now. Uh, my buddy, uh, my best friend growing up, Jason Machina, he goes around the world and he, uh, on business, but everywhere he goes, he was just in uh, Melbourne, Australia, and Sydney. Everywhere he went, he was shooting panos, but it wasn't necessarily to get those really wide panos. It's that he's using like a 35 millimeter prime and he's just taking it so that in the end, he's getting these 150 megapixel images. And he sells them to these places that want to print them up on, you know, he just sold one to like a grocery store and it's taken up the whole back wall. But it's amazing. I mean, he shoots a lot of those handheld even. You were saying how great it is with the L bracket, but he can shoot them handheld with the technology we have today. It's amazing what you can put together with that. Speaking of travel photography, I mean, I am a one body, one lens kind of guy. And I do have a tripod that I'll take with me. Uh, on most trips, and I'll break it out if I'm doing some low light photography, night stuff, uh, something that that you know I need a stable uh, stability device for. But when it comes to travel photography, boy, I'm just a one body, one lens kind of person. Sure, I miss some shots because I need something wider, faster, longer, whatever. But um, I, I like to think that it gets me a lot of other shots. Uh, because I'm quick and nimble and not changing out lenses and things like that. How do you guys feel about that? 90% of uh, the images I take right now are with the X-T2 and with the 16-55. And it's so versatile. I mean, it's a mid-range zoom and uh, it works in, in, in many cases. I don't have to put on a longer zoom. Sometimes I will use a 10-24, which is wider, but it doesn't take up much space if I have a like a coat or a jacket, I can put that in my pocket and do quickly change the lens. But most of the time I try to use the one body, one lens. I might carry a backpack with too much stuff when I'm walking around, which is something that I need to learn to to do a little bit less because my, my back will thank me for that. But at the moment I, I try to, to carry a, a little bit of the kitchen sink, even though I end up not using it. 
Yeah, well, I, I think that's one thing that's fun about shooting a DSLR as opposed to um, traveling and having l like your, your smartphone or something is that you're able to get the types of shots that uh, that the rest of the world can't get. That you, that I'll, I love to shoot with like my fisheye lens, and I know you get like an adapter on your phone or whatever, but I love to get that super wide angle. And it's like I go into a church and you put that on there, it looks amazing. And same thing, like we're shooting the supermoon and it's not like, well, I'll just stand out there and get a picture of it. We're shooting with, you know, 500 millimeter lenses with teleconverters on it. And it's like you're getting something that your neighbor just can't get. So I think there's something that's fun to doing that. But on the other hand, if you look at all the best photographers that are out there, like Ralph or like Valerie Chardin, she's using her X100S or whatever the entire time. If you just limit yourself to that, you uh, you get probably better images but i have fun messing with different stuff too so so i i think both answers are good and if you have lots of stuff there's nothing that, that says you can't uh i mean i'll take like my 10 to 24 and i'll just put it at like 24 and just use it for a long time it's still a great lens and it's got image stabilization uh yeah i mean you can still limit yourself you just you're always tempted to switch it up <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know the right answer ralph sorry no, there, there is no right answer. Um, I think, too, that, like you said at the beginning, it's like, what mode are you in? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would say that the majority of your photography is here in Chicago, where you could throw a big bag in your car and have access to everything just in case you might need it. But when I'm traveling around the world nine months at a time, uh, that's just not realistic. So they're just different shooting styles, situations, and necessities. So there's no right answer. Yeah, if yeah I can, for sure. Uh, relate a little story. I was in uh, in Oman until uh, yesterday. Uh, great country, amazing. And I was in uh, Muscat, the capital, uh, walking through the the souk, which is the the old market. Um. There, I just use my... I have another Fuji, which is the X100S. And it's the perfect camera for that those situations because it's it's small, it's small, it's nimble, it's uh, obtrusive, unassuming, and people are not scared by it. I mean, my X-T2 with the 1655 is still a pretty big camera. Uh, it's not huge, but it's, uh, it's still large and noticeable. You look like a photographer when you're carrying it. When you have a, a camera like the X100T or S, uh, uh, you don't look like a photographer at all and people are not scared of you. They are, they don't notice you and those situations uh, were... I mean, people in those countries are not so happy being photographed by paparazzi, so to speak. They're more open to being photographed if you don't look like a photographer. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. So, Chris, as we wind down the show, what uh, big events or projects do you have coming up in the near future? Um, you know, I know you've got the sh out of Chicago. Why don't you tell us, uh, again, some of the details about that and other things you have got coming up? Sure. So, out of Chicago, the fourth annual out of Chicago conference is June 23rd through the 25th. And we have people like Valerie Jardin, Ian Plant, Rick Salmon, Bill Fortney, Steve Simon, John Kosmopoulos. I'm going to keep listing them. I'm sorry. Uh, James Mayer, Marie Lane Levi Sim, Derek Story, Joshua Cripps, Julio Shorio, Angie McMonagall, and Belmont. All these people are amazing. They're all going to be there. And not only are they all teaching, but they're all taking you out to shoot at the same time. And I think that's a big part of what makes what we 
we do special is it's not just sitting in a lecture hall. And even the, the rooms where the people are, it's like you're going to be in a room with like 30 or 40 other people and that's it. And you can ask questions. You get to know all these people and then you go out and shoot with them. That's the best part. Um, and then we're going to Acadia National Park. And uh, just like last year, we called it Out of New York. We're calling that Out of Acadia. And that's going to have some of our favorites as well. Brian Peterson, you know, from Understanding Exposure, Colleen Minnick Sperry, Nick Page, Aaron Bobnick, Thomas Heaton from the UK is coming in, Kathleen Clemens, Juan Pons, the list goes on. So, um, so both those events are going to be amazing. That's in October. It's October 1st through the 5th. Should get some great color there out in Maine at Acadia National Park. Eat lobsters, have lots of fun. It's going to be great. So, so we'll see. Who knows what else we got coming up? But for this year, that's those are the big things. And uh, well, February eighteenth, if you're in the Chicago area, and this runs by then, we're doing a winter conference, and it's in Gray's Lake, Illinois, and we do all the shooting indoors because it's February in Chicago. So February eighteenth in uh, Gray's Lake. So all those things, you just go to outofchicago.com and you get information on all of them. And I should give you guys like a code so we get a discount for anyone that's here that hears this. Is that you guys good with that? All right. And love it. The Traveling Image Makers, we do TTIM. Is that what you guys do? Yeah? Is that cool? Yep. Yep. All right. So for any of those events, if you're going to register for any of those things I just said, the winter or summer or Acadia, use uh, just TTIM. And uh, basically, the price has been going up, but you'll get it back at like that early bird price if you go and register using that. So for whichever one it is, it'll go back to that original early bird. So, so it's a really good deal. You should do it. And it's lots of fun. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate that. Um, well, we appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on here, let, letting people know about this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it means so much. And to have you guys, I, just to get to know you guys a little bit. I mean, I've been, I, I got to make it on one of your tours and you guys are both amazing. And uh, I don't know, I don't even know why you'd have me on here, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I believe in your, uh, in your out of Chicago conferences, all of them. And uh, so, Folks, take advantage of that uh, promo code. I think you'll uh, really enjoy it, and you'll absolutely love Chicago. Come a few days early, stay a few days later, put into practice all the things that you learned at the conference on your own, at your own pace, and uh, you will absolutely have a great time. I know it. Thanks, well, Rob. thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to know more about me, please visit my website at photoenrichment.com and you can follow me on all the social media platforms at both at photoenrichment and at road, excuse me, and at Ralph Velasco. And to find out more about Ugo, please visit his site at ucphoto.me and you can find him on all the social media platforms simply by going to that website or Googling him. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you guys.